All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Sons of Saturday. Happy to have you with us. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for making us a part of your, your day. We have an awesome interview coming up with Camille Schreier, Miss Virginia, Miss America, and a Hokey alumni. She was fantastic. Thank you so much, Camille. Uh, that was an incredible interview. So you guys uh, can sit tight for that. We got about 10 quick minutes because we got some we got some big time breaking news. It's Sunday night and Latrell Neville. Just committed to Virginia Tech at eight. He's in the boat. He's in the boat, and he's he's you know he's just he's just one of those first dominoes, man. We got more coming, but we got this guy. He's a six three wide receiver from Missouri City, Texas. Six three one ninety five four star. Billy, can you do me a favor and read me his offer list? Sure thing, Pat. I can do that, and we'll kick it off right here with this one. Bum bum bum. Bum, 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 bum. Where it all started, he was offered by Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Baylor, don't like those guys, Auburn, Arizona State, Colorado, Florida State, Houston, Illinois, all sorts of different different schools. He basically could have gone anywhere in the country, and he decided to pack his bag of Reno's without visiting, by the way. And it went our way this time. He's coming to Blacksburg. He's doing a great job. And Pat, I got something else for you. You're asking me to read you his offer list. I got something else that you may want me to read. Read it. A quote from himself. Quote, the future is so bright for us. We're the beginning of something really special. We're the guys who wanted to be different Two of the top guys in the country that could go to Georgia. Alabama, LSU, places like that. But somewhere, somehow, those schools started with a certain class that got them going. I feel like that's what we will be for Virginia Tech. Dash, dash, the class that starts it all. I love that. So that's really awesome. Really fired up about Latrell Neville. That's like an NFL name, Latrell Neville. I'm excited. He's going to be in the league one day. Shout out Jafar Williams, shout out Bo Davidson, shout out John Yetzi, shout out Adam Lechtenberg, Ace in the Hole. Remember all y'all on your your Twitter tough guys were typing up a storm in December when we hired Lecht as the running backs coach. Oh, uh, yeah, this guy doesn't know anything. Like, he, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want this guy in my living room, blah, blah, blah. Zon Burden's a better recruiter. So put some respect on Adam Lechtenberg. You guys were making fun of the bowl cut. Well, you know what? He's got people jumping on the SS bowl cut and swimming their way up shore to Virginia. So shout out to Coach Lecht. Shout out to Bo. Shout out to the whole gang making it happen. Fire. Moving on. 2021. <laughs> 2021 just jumped up from 30th to 19th. So right now we have the 19th best class in America. All the uh, all the Fuente bashers. Fuente can't recruit. Lex can't recruit. You know what's going on with you guys? How is your Sunday night? Because we're having a great time. If you hated the 2020 class and you know want Fuente out. I don't want to hear it because this party is just getting started. You can join the party or you can leave. On the horizon, we got Landon Watson. <laughs> we got TJ Quinn, Amari Huggins-Bruce, Naquan Brown. These are four guys that you know could be the next four dominoes to fall. Uh, Steve Wiltfong just put out a little, uh, little tweet earlier. Um, or he put out a story earlier. He has crystal balls for three of those four, um, specifically TJ Quinn, six one safety, uh, two hundred three star. Amari Huggins, Bruce, six foot one sixty three, uh, three star wideout out of South Carolina, and then uh, Landon Watson, four star, uh, weak side defensive end, six three two forty, Texas, Texas to VT. I'm fired up. If we get if we get uh those three on top of Naquan Brown in the near future, that's a top ten class right there. You do the uh, you do the little calculator thing, top ten class, and then uh, I know Philip Riley is another name, uh, three star corner who's uh, in the mix as well. Among others, there's still a it's still a long way to go. We're we're a long way till early signing day, but ultimately this is uh this is big time. We saw Coach Fu. 
he was excited about it. Bill, talk talk to us about Coach Fu on Twitter last night. So I, I loved it. I mean, I have I, I got the I got the old Twitter notifications turned on, and to be quite honest, at first I thought someone took his phone because he just doesn't tweet that much volume. Um, Pat, he tweeted with you about David Matthews. I mean, we all know Coach Fuente loves Dave Matthews. Every other song on the Plaque to Practice playlist is is Dave Matthews, whether it be a Jimi Hendrix remix or whatnot. Um, but it was just great to see him uh, interacting with fans. Fans were, I thought it was interesting that fans thought that, hey, Coach is tweeting at us, so let's join the Hokie Club. But if that's what it takes, hey, you know what? Join the Hokie Club. I'm fired up about that. We had some more people jump jump on the board. Um, so that's awesome, but you love to see the interaction. Um, you know, I've, I've long said this, um, in the face of people that throw negativity his way, a lot of people like to speak on him and his personality and who they think he is without ever speaking a word to him. And what I know him as is a family man, a great guy, someone that's very relatable. Um, and if you need a example of how hard players play for him and how much they care about him, just look at this past season. It would have been very easy to pack it in. They didn't, and um, I just love to see him out there getting to uh, be personable with the fans and uh, show another side of him that we haven't seen yet. So, And speaking of those fans, I got to give a big-time shout-out to my guy, T. Gross, uh, Ty, at Burt95 on Twitter. He's been tweeting at Coach Fuente for about four or five years now, ever since Coach was uh, <laughs> brought in as head coach in the – uh, in the fall of 2015, so yeah, almost five years. He's been tweeting back and forth, well, just back because he hasn't gotten the fourth or maybe the other way around. He's been tweeting at Coach Fuente for five years and you know never really got a like, never got a follow, never got any acknowledgement, and uh, acknowledges Coach Fuente to be in his best friend gang. The best friend gang consists of Coach Fuente, Coach Mike Young, and Yoenis Cespedes on the New York Mets. Last night was a big night for at Burnt95. Uh, he, he got a little tweet back, a quote tweet, or a, a reply tweet from Coach Fuente, hashtag BFF and a follow back. So just a bang. That's what they call a, a true sons of persistency, you know? Yes. He's tweeting at Coach for five years, gets that follow back, and uh, now he's probably getting all the inside scoops from Coach. Mike Young is in that best friend gang, and segueing into Mike Young, just a quick little basketball note, you know, how much we love the Mike Young staff uh, and how well they can recruit. Sons of recruiting, great recruiting this weekend. John Camden, he's this uh, small forward, 6'7", 195, out of Archbishop John Carroll uh, in Pennsylvania. He's a 2021 player, and uh, he's a .95 composite four-star rating on 24-7. Uh, the fifth recruit in Pennsylvania, and he just got uh, two crystal balls over the weekend. So the recruiting just continues and continues. Absolutely love to see both staffs uh, doing some work on the trail. Some last quick notes here uh, before we get into this interview. Um, and Camille actually mentions this uh, late in the interview, but uh, want to give a shout out to Will Trent and the folks at VT Rec Sports. I know they put a ton of work into the 3.2 for 32 race every year to honor our fallen brothers and sisters from Virginia Tech from April 16th. And obviously that event is not going to go on this year uh, since no event in Virginia is going on at this moment. If you are around on April 18th, which everyone listening is going to be around April 18th, Get outside, walk 3.2 miles, run 3.2 miles, take a picture, send it in, tag us, tag VT Rec Sports, tag Virginia Tech, uh, a cool way to bring the community together, even though we're all so far apart and scattered all across the country, but I think that's um, that's pretty incredible. In addition to that, I know that uh, a lot of folks out there had marathons that they were training for, half marathons, 10 milers, any type of race. And they were canceled due to the coronavirus. Big shout out to you guys who still did your thing and did your own, you know, 26.2 or 13.1 or 10 miles. Uh, My brother, he did the Notre Dame Holy Half Marathon today, Palm Sunday. He went out and ran 13.1 miles on his own and came home. We had a sign and a balloon for him. You know, you guys getting your 2%, staying active. Absolutely love seeing that. 
So that's great. Shout out to all you guys for doing that. Bill, we have a lot of downtime and we have a lot of time to give back through our university motto, Utprosum. Tell me about this, uh, this thing you're spearheading. So this is, this is something I'm really excited about and something that we've been kicking around for um, a little while. Uh, we had been spinning up a way that we want to continuously find a way to get back to the Blacksburg community. Um, this uh, event kind of has uh, moved that to the front and something that we're going to start right now. So Sons of Oot Prosum, we're kicking it off uh, as soon as it'll be at the bottom of the link on the Twitter. It'll be on our Instagram. You'll be able to follow it at our link tree. But essentially what we're going to do is we're going to pick an organization or an effort, raise funds through a GoFundMe, and uh, do that and promote it through our podcast. I want to shout out the Too Deep. Uh, they donated to the World Central Kitchen, WCK.org, uh, and tagged us in it. No, we're not ducking you. We just wanted to get this out on Sunday here. Um, but essentially what we're doing for our first Sons of Oot Prosum um, event or what, what have you, uh, we're partnering up with both the Blacksburg Interfaith Food Pantry and the New River Community Action, uh, Montgomery Food Bank. Essentially, we reached out to them. They're doing a great job of feeding the less fortunate in Blacksburg. Yes, they're still working. Yes, they're still needing to raise money. And yes, they're still doing great in these, this community. We've set a goal of $600. Um, Pat and I, I know, we're working to find a way to get uh, to see if we can get our companies to match and just going to basically see what we can do. Tell your friends. Give what you can. If you can't give, tell somebody that may be in a position to give. But we want to do as, uh, as much good as we can for the Blacksburg community, and we're really excited about that. So Sons of Oot Prosum, keep an eye out for that, and it is at the bottom of the links on our socials. Last shout-out here goes to my guy Bryce Chalkley of Section 5. <laughs> we were supposed to be in Las Vegas this past weekend celebrating him on his bachelor party, you know, doing the whole ATV thing, pool party thing, you know, hopefully winning some money, probably losing some money, and watching the final four in March Madness. Didn't oh, get to don't happen. even talk about that. Yeah, oh. didn't get to happen, but we did uh, enjoy some uh, adult beverages over a Zoom meeting yesterday, having our uh, our first ever virtual bachelor party. So a big shout out to all the guys who joined because that was a lot of fun. But uh, other than that, Get ready, and uh, here's Camille Schreier. Sons, daughters, grandmas and grandpas, all listeners of Saturday, thank you so much for joining us. We have a very, very special guest. But first, as we begin every episode, we got to kick it off with our Hokey Haiku. So uh, I actually submitted this one myself. We didn't get any submissions, but that's okay. So here we go. Miss America, we love elephant toothpaste, future pharmacist. So we got we got an awesome guest on today, Camille Schreier, Miss America, Hokie alumni. Camille graduated from Virginia Tech in 2018. Uh, she had dual bachelor degrees, so a BS in systems biology, as well as biochemistry, and then a minor in chemistry. Uh, she was Pretty involved with uh, with the College of Science and uh, won Miss Virginia as well as Miss America in 2019. Uh, since winning Miss America uh, over the past few months, she has been able to join the Today Show, Talk Stoop, CNN, BBC, The Kelly Clarkson Show, CBS This Morning, The Weather Channel, Southern Living, and now The Sons of Saturday. <laughs> Camille, how are you? I am doing well. Um, I, you know, this is a great addition to all of my media that I've gotten to do this year at Miss Virginia and Miss America. And gosh, I can now say that I've had a haiku written about Miss America and myself. <laughs> that is incredible. Um, so, yeah, things are pretty crazy right now, Camille. Where exactly are you? How are you holding up? What have you been doing? Um, I am usually all over the United States, quite literally. Miss America travels around 20,000 miles a month, changing cities oh between gosh. every 24 and 72 hours. And I usually live out of two suitcases. Of course, that is not happening right now because of the coronavirus pandemic that's panning out throughout the country, so to speak. But I 
was Miss Virginia, although I am not originally from Virginia. So I am currently stationed in my permanent residence in Pennsylvania, which is where my parents live and where I grew up my entire life. So I've been uh, hiding out in my house in Pennsylvania for about a month now, and it's changed my job completely almost overnight. So wait, follow-up question on that. So how does it? How do you determine which miss you will be representing if it's not from where you're born or where you grew up? How did, how did, do you file as I would like to file as Miss Virginia? How does that work out? So you can choose to compete based upon where you work, where you go to school, where you live, or where your residence is. And so I actually could have chosen to compete for Miss Pennsylvania as well if I had wanted to. But it's funny to go back and it's a long story, but the real reason that I ever competed in Miss Virginia was because I saw an advertisement for a local competition in Virginia. And so I was like, Oh, I qualify to to compete here because I've lived here and I go to school here. And so I filed an application and I proved that I was a current student in Virginia, which qualified me. So off to Miss Virginia, I went, but I could have done Pennsylvania as well. Awesome. So then that leads us to where have you been? Where are you from? Pat and I were very <laughs> excited during our, our, our pre-pod research. We saw that you have New Jersey ties to the Hun School, which I actually scrimmaged against uh, back in high school. And the most important question we ask everybody from New Jersey, is it pork roll or is it Taylor ham? Okay. So first question, pork roll or Taylor ham? Definitely pork roll. Always. Oh, oh, no! And you have to cut the little piece in the circle or else that's the other thing that people don't know when they cook pork roll is that when you take the slice and you put it in a pan, you have to cut a little uh, slice in it to make sure that it doesn't get all curled up. Yep. So Mm -hmm. follow up question question to this. Are you a Pac-Man slicer or do you do like the clover slice with the four little slices? Uh, Just one. So a Pac-Man. I guess that's what you would. I've never heard it called that. But I do like <laughs> unpopular opinion. I also really like Scrapple. I think that's more of a Pennsylvania thing scrapple. than a New Jersey thing. What is that? So, you know, yeah, it's, know you don't want to know what it is. It's kind of like saying, like, what's in a hot dog? Okay. Um, oh. It is okay. a breakfast pork product of unknown origin, but it is indeed very good. You just Breakfast you know, Slim Jim. It's not going to be good if you good. know what's in it. Okay. So, that's, so, to go back to your original question, yes, I have New Jersey connections. I... So where I live in Pennsylvania and where I grew up, I'm about 10 minutes from the border of New Jersey. I live right on the Delaware River, and I could almost, I bike over to New Jersey from my house all the time. I went to a private school, the Hunt School of Princeton, for, I guess, part of my middle school and all of my high school education. And so I was there. I drove every day over to New Jersey for school. So I have a lot of friends in New Jersey still, and most of my friends then progressed to go work and live in New York City from there. But of course, I was the one friend who decided to move south and go to Virginia Tech while everyone else went to like New York colleges. I was the one who was flying south. So I've grown up around New Jersey and I feel like I'm just as much from New Jersey as I am from Pennsylvania because I was so frequently integrated between the two states. Okay. Little uh, little two for one deal. Love that. Exactly. So, and Virginia too, right? Got and all- Virginia. <laughs> and, and now America. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, but Camille, you didn't start at Virginia Tech. You started at Michigan and then transferred around halfway through. Talk, talk us through that decision. You know, cause Michigan is an awesome school. I know it's, you know, further from home, but, um, you know, I'm not a Michigan guy. I don't really like Michigan, uh, from the 2012 Sugar Bowl, but, uh, tell us, tell us your, uh, your reasoning for coming to Virginia Tech. So, This is a really long story, but I'm going to give you the abridged version. So my high school was really competitive. It's a private prep school in New Jersey. We were always pushed to achieve really highly academically. And sometimes I think to a fault, because when I was a senior in high school, it was all about the ranking of the college that you were going to. And I was looking to be an engineer. And so I applied to engineering schools across the country I had 10 options to choose from. Virginia Tech was one of them. Michigan was also one of them. And my guidance counselors and teachers were like, there's not a choice. You have to go to Michigan. It's the most prestigious. It's the highest ranked. This this is a school you're going to go to. And I think that when I went out there and visited, I had this like idea in my head of like, oh my gosh, this is the only choice I have. So I made myself love it a little bit. 
And then I went out there and I was there for a year and then half of a semester. And the first year was like the most struggle I've ever, like the greatest struggle I've really ever had academically. Socially, it wasn't the great environment for me. It was a really hard time. And so I told my parents, I was like, I want to transfer. I want to transfer. And of course, you know, your freshman year is supposed to be hard. Like it's, it's normal that it's hard. So they're like, go back, try it again. Like, you know, maybe we can help you find your way. Went back the second year for like, I made it halfway through a semester and I was like, this is the wrong decision. I came home. I did community college and how in the heck did I end up in Virginia after that? So I had gone to a camp at Virginia tech when I was in high school for women in engineering. And I just remember saying to my parents, Oh my gosh, like I just remember going to Virginia tech and going to that camp and loving it so much. Like if I made that much of a connection in the two weeks that I was there for a summer program, I can't imagine how much I would love going there for college. And so I applied to two colleges to transfer to actually Clemson and Virginia Tech. And I chose Virginia Tech. It just was so close to my heart. And I could not be more grateful that I made that decision. So Michigan was not a fit. It's a great school for somebody else, but not for me. Um, I'm glad that I had that kind of piece of adversity because it taught me a lot about myself as a student too. So I, I still look back and I think that that was an important part in my academic and personal journey, but I'm glad that it led me to become a Hokie. So Camille, that's incredible. And everyone has their own journey of how they found their way to Southwest Virginia at Virginia Tech. Wanda, understand, you know, your background as far as um, when did you realize that you wanted to be in this type of field, in the STEM field? You know, was it middle school? Was it high school? You mentioned the camps. When, when did you have like an aha moment that this is something that you wanted to get engaged with? So I never really had that aha moment, but I will tell you that it was something that was inherent for me my entire life. I was the little girl who was really the son my dad never had in the dirt with bugs and salamanders and fish. And like, I was not afraid to get dirty. I loved being outside and I loved the natural world. I grew up around animals and I was always interested in living things. And so that really translated into a love of biology. And my parents did a really good job of helping me understand that what I was liking so much as a kid was really science. I loved cooking and baking. If you've ever baked cookies, you've done a science demonstration because literally cooking and baking is science. And so when I started to think about all of the different careers that I could take, they were always science. Like it wasn't even like, Hmm, what science career can I take? I was like, I want to be a marine biologist. And then I want to be a meteorologist. Then I want to be an engineer or a food scientist. And they were all science related. And I'm grateful. I did go to a lot of science camps as a kid. And I think that my parents saw my inherent interest. And so they did a really good job of fostering that. And for that, I'm really grateful because I think that a lot of, especially young women, that the people around us are the ones that can either make or break our love of science. And so I was in a really great spot to continue that. And so I changed what I wanted to do about a hundred times, but it was always <laughs> somewhere around the middle line of STEM. <laughs> That's great. So moving right along here, uh, kind of into the Miss Virginia and Miss America journey, mm -hmm. um, you know, we know that you did some pageants in the past and then kind of took mm -hmm. like a, a five or six year hiatus. Um, mm -hmm. When you did them in the past when you were younger versus, you know, the last year and a half, two years, um, yeah. what were your competitive motives and how did they kind of change along the way as, as you grew up? So when I competed as a teenager, I went in with the goal to gain more confidence, learn how to speak in front of people and learn how to interview. There was, I had never had performance experience. I was always, again, the kid in the dirt probably riding horses or playing sports. And I never really had that aspect in my life. I had never been a performer. So I felt like, especially going into college and, you know, looking into getting jobs in my future, I wanted to be able to be comfortable in front of people. And that gave me that opportunity to learn how to do that. So once I was about 18, I was like, okay, I got out of this, what I wanted to get out of this, I'm going to go focus on my academics. But then, you know, you, you compete in those kind of things. And, you know, the granddaddy at the Super Bowl is Miss America. It's been around for almost 100 years. It started this in our country. So, of course, you're always like, yeah, I could, wish I could do Miss America. But for me, I didn't even think it would be an option for me because I did not have a traditional performing talent, which is required. 
So for the longest time, I just wrote it off as a non-possibility. And I didn't really want to be on stage in a swimsuit. So that was a second kind of barrier for me. But then they got rid of the swimsuit and I was like, okay, well, the only barrier here is this talent competition. So, you know, I'm pretty innovative. I was like, I can figure something to do for the talent. And that motivation really came from, first of all, it was kind of a bucket list item for me. And I knew that at 25, which would be next year for me, I would know that would be my last year to ever be able to pursue this bucket list item. So it was kind of like, Hey, I'm going to give this a go. I saw an ad for a local competition and I signed up and that one decision to sign up for that local competition led to me winning Miss Virginia and then me winning Miss America. So it was, it just went really quickly and I could have never imagined that that would have been what had happened from this. <laughs> That's incredible. What an awesome story. And also thank you for, um, I got to update my LinkedIn now to being a scientist cause I have baked cookies before. So super fired up about <laughs> that. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so also through a little more of like the pre pod research, Mama Schreier was Miss Pennsylvania International, and that's just a cool little tidbit. Was that awesome to kind of get? I know you've been competing for a long time, but being able to see your mother do that, and I think your father wanted as well. Can you go into that a little bit? So the fact that you even know that we refer to her as Mama Shry is uh, really just, funny. Oh. <laughs> okay, so like my mom is only known to my friends and family, specifically my friends, as Mama Shry. So that's her name. So my mom, funny enough, when she, when I stopped competing around 18, my mom had just been diagnosed with cancer. She went through cancer treatment and she went on this health kick where she really transformed her life, transformed her body and got her life back in this incredible way. And she had never had the opportunity to compete on stage like I had. And so, you know, I took my time. I was like, I've done my thing. Now it's time for you to do yours. And so she competed a few times. So she did win Mrs. Pennsylvania International. And she went on to Mrs. International. And she is just incredible. And she is the one that helps guide me through this process behind the scenes. She's Sometimes I don't know how she knows all the things that she does. But she helped prepare me for Miss Virginia and Miss America. And when we, when I first signed up for that local, she was like, we're in this to win it. You don't understand. <laughs> and I'm like, this is just for fun. Like, I just want to, you know, do this thing. I want to say that I did it. And she's like, well, we're not going to just do this. Like, you, you were going to do this the right way. And um, she, we sure did together. We did it the right way. So she's really cool. Shout out to Mama Schreier. That's awesome. And then through the entire process, what was the most challenging part um, leading up to it? Obviously, there's an incredible amount of travel, and you obviously mm -hmm. had to kind of draw the owl and find a way to come up with your own talent, which you know is just awesome to kind of step outside of the box and really just uh, do your own thing and kind of make your own path. What was the most challenging thing as you moved through this entire process? I think that the most challenging piece besides the logistics of the talent, which was a huge endeavor because, you know, when you're a dancer, you show up, you have your costume and you have your shoes and you go and you perform your dance and then you go off stage. Can't do that with what I do. And so when you're performing a chemistry demonstration, you need the chemicals. You have to know what you're doing. You have to have prepared quite literally. I make some of the solutions in my kitchen and have to make sure that they're properly bottled and labeled. And, you know, I have the protective equipment that go along with it. That was a real logistical challenge, both going to Miss Virginia and Miss America. But the biggest challenge throughout this entire process, and it's, I'm, I'm really lucky that I've got, we talked about that adversity that I had gone through at Michigan. And I've, I've been through a lot of adversity through my life and I'm grateful that I have, it's made me stronger. There's been so much criticism and it's funny because you try to do something different to inspire young people. And then there's this group of people who want you to be like everyone else because mm -hmm. they expect a certain type of a person to be Miss America or to be Miss Virginia. And that's been one of the hardest parts because, you know, we have social media, we have all of these online platforms where people can just say whatever they want to say. And, you know, I'm strong enough to handle that, but it makes me really sad for other women throughout, you know, whether you're a title holder or not, the the wrath that some people on the internet can have when you're trying to make a positive change in society. And it's taught me a lot about myself. And the biggest thing that I've learned through this process, I saw someone 
post a quote that said, never take criticism from anyone that you wouldn't take advice from. Mm-hmm. And I continuously go back to that because that has been a challenge throughout this process. But I always go back to reminding myself, I wouldn't take advice from this person. So I'm not going to take that criticism into my heart. That's fantastic. And my, I was actually, when I was telling my mom about this interview coming up, she said, I can't imagine her stepping outside of the box, how many, what's she doing, why is she doing that, that you must have gotten. So an incredible amount of strength on your end to follow through with it. So that's that's fantastic. And then what about managing your coursework? I mean, on top of all of this, you have to be a student as well. So how are you able to to handle that time management? The answer is I don't because I'm not in school. Oh, okay. So I... Actually, and this was really funny when I first started competing for Miss Virginia, I won this local title and I was like, I realized the day after that if I won Miss Virginia, I'd have to take a year off of school. And so it was like an ordeal in my family. My parents were like, well, we don't know if we want you to do that. We don't, maybe you shouldn't go to Miss Virginia. And we had like a real discussion about this. And then, you know, looking forward, I was like, and if I win Miss America, I have to take two years off. And, you know, I'm still a local title holder. And we're like, yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But so winning Miss Virginia is a full-time job. I got a salary and I was full-time actually being paid by, funny enough, the Virginia ABC. So the people that you buy your liquor from to do drug and alcohol education in elementary schools throughout the state of Virginia. So I was doing that full-time. So I needed to take the year off. Miss America causes me to take a second year off. So I will be two years delayed in my pharmacy graduation, but my pharmacy school is so excited about this and have they have been so overwhelmingly supportive, especially because the cause that I support as Miss America is drug safety and abuse prevention. Absolutely love that. So Camille, um, as far as like, you know, you've been talking about, um, you know, pre-Miss America. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, it was December and I was receiving texts from some of my friends from Kappa Delta, sorority at Virginia Tech that you were in. And they're like, Camille's going to win. Like, Camille might win tonight. And uh, everyone's tuning in. It was crazy. So you get crowned and, you know, I'm sure your life just blows up and just is completely different than it was, you know, previously. Um, Just want to hear about some of the cool things that you've uh, gotten to do so far. You know, what are, you know, your top three or four highlights that you've been able to do, whether it was meeting someone or getting to speak at some specific event. Um, would love to hear about that. It was a complete whirlwind after I won. <laughs> um, I They shipped me off to New York the next morning and I got 45 minutes of sleep. I slept in the makeup that I wore on stage and like brushed my hair out from the style that it was in. And they took me right to the Today Show. And for anyone that's a Hokie, you know Hoda Kotby. And she is a Virginia Tech alumni, and she was the first person that I got to meet as Miss America. So how fitting is that? And I will tell you, I was so excited to meet her and tell her that I was a Virginia Tech alum. I didn't need to tell her because she came out like from the back. I was like already sitting at the table where we were going to have our interview. She comes out singing like hokey, 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 high tech, tech, (laughs) TI has a teddy bear and gives it to me on air and it has a Virginia Tech shirt on it. It was so amazing. And she's someone that I've always looked up to as a really successful alumni. And to have her be the first person that I met, even in New York City, like the Virginia Tech connection was the first thing that I encountered as Miss America. So that was really cool. Um, I got to walk in a runway show for Go Red for Women with the American Heart Association with like Shania Twain and Megan Trainer and some other musicians and people that I had known from TV and movies. And I was like, I am not cool enough to be here. This is really wild. That was amazing. And then the coolest speaking engagement that I've gotten to do, I actually am the first Miss America to be able to speak at the UN General Assembly. So I spoke at the podium in the UN where quite literally the president of the United States and many former presidents and other presidents of countries around the world have spoken at. And I was invited there by a quite literal princess. She was a Her Royal Highness from Iraq and she was a princess doctor. So she calls herself the science princess. And I was there for a women in STEM advocacy day and got to share my story in that platform that Miss America has never been at before. And that was amazing and super cool. And it was my first time there. So it was a pretty good first visit to the UN. But I've gotten to do like 
the most wild stuff throughout this year. And that's incredible. I'm trying to soak up and remember every minute of it. Minute of it. <laughs> I remember seeing the, uh, the picture of you and Hoda holding up the bear. And I was just like, wow, that is the, uh, the most wholesome, wholesome thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was great. I still have the bear and it will be in my house for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> We were going to ask you who you've met. That's just a, there's a great list of folks that you have met along the way. And, you know, as you're looking back here on April 5th and you look at this entire experience, the ups, the downs, challenges, the joys, what have you learned and what have you taken away and how have you changed as an individual throughout this entire process? That's a deep question. I think that the biggest thing that I've learned through this process is how needed it is to have a female relatable role model in science. And I'm someone who always loved science. I I said that before, but I definitely never had a good female role model that I could relate to when I went through that process. And I did the science demonstration because I was trying to be innovative. Talk about Virginia Tech, invent the future. I mean, seriously, I was trying to figure out a way to solve a problem. But in doing that, I ignited this fire within young girls across the country who now send me pictures of themselves. Like their moms will send me images on the internet of those little girls in lab coats with crowns on their head because they want to be a science princess like Miss Virginia or Miss America. And I could have never imagined that that would be the kind of movement that doing something like that, that I was using to solve a problem. You know, I'm a very like Mark demand type of a scientist. I grew up with business owners as my parents, and I want to use my clinical background in science to go into business. And, you know, when you have something and the market demands it and it says, okay, we're looking for something like this. We're hungry for a young woman who's not afraid to wear makeup and be girly, but also be a scientist. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned about our world is that this was so needed at this time. And so I've really embraced that and tried to do my best to meet that demand and share my story with young people. And so I send science Barbies to little girls across the country that want to be like Miss America. And I'm grateful for that. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned about myself is that, you know, it's, it's difficult. We compare ourselves to other people all the time, no matter what your gender, what your age is, especially with social media, we're comparing ourselves to others. But that when you figure out exactly who you are and you do it on purpose, then that is when you're going to be the most successful. And more than anything, this year has taught me that taking risks is something that's worth it. I'm not a risk taker and I took a huge risk and it paid off for me. And now I'm not afraid to take a risk and be myself because I know that I really don't have anything to lose. I just have something to gain. That's awesome. So uh, absolutely, Camille. And you had talked about, you know, wanting to be that that female science role model. I know that Bill Nye was one of your influences, you know, because he made science cool and he made science fun. So I think that's going to be really special that you're going to be able to have that um, as a female and be that influence on young uh, female scientists across the country. Um, So you mentioned uh, that Miss America is going to be, uh, you're going to have two years off from it now. So Amidst all this pandemic, I know that's probably changed a lot for you. You're doing probably a lot of virtual Zoom meetings and doing as much as you can from home instead of having those on-site appearances. But um, what what is next for you as far as, you know, these next two years? What do they look like before before you go back to VCU? So I will go back to VCU in August of 2021, which seems like a million years from now. But... I, you know, Miss America is supposed to be a launching pad. This isn't supposed to be the best year of your life because if it is, then we're doing something wrong because it should set me up to have a amazing career. And I am trying my best to capitalize on all the opportunities that I've gotten through being Miss America. So I'll have about eight months off after I'm done Miss America until uh, I go back to school and I'll go back to school and get my farm D. And then when I do finish school, I hope to work in the pharmaceutical industry and work in business development. But I'm really looking forward to kind of that eight months of time that I have between finishing my year as Miss America and actually going back to school. I'm hoping to really establish some partnerships, maybe license some products, find a way for me to continue capitalizing on my year as Miss America throughout my time in pharmacy school and 
to continue the momentum because I'm really enjoying being able to to meet with students, to speak at events and really do what I'm doing as Miss American. That doesn't necessarily have to stop the minute that I give up my sparkly hat, as I like to call it. And I'll have lots of opportunities that I can continue my work in advocacy after that. So lots on the horizon. I definitely will not be bored forever. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. So you you mentioned earlier, and just tying this back to Virginia Tech and and your education, um, you mentioned going to the science camp at Virginia, the uh, engineering camp at Virginia Tech. When you stepped back foot on campus at Virginia Tech, what is it that made it so special and made that bond exist? You know, Pat and I always talk about, you know, how special the place is and Grayson and everyone that's ever gone to Tech. What is Virginia Tech to you? What is just being a Hokie? What does that mean to you? What is it that's so special? There is a really interesting sense of Virginia Tech that I have never found in any other university. And Coming from a university that wasn't a fit for me, one of the problems that I found there was that I felt like I was, you know, just out for my like out for myself and that there wasn't anyone who could help me or wanted to help me. And when I stepped foot in Blacksburg again, I found the exact opposite, that every person at that university, students, professors, teachers, people in the town of Blacksburg wanted to help you. If you needed help, they were there. And that was something that I needed to be successful in my academic career. And I immediately found when I came back. And that was probably the most defining point of Virginia Tech that sold it to me. I love the traditional aspect of how Virginia Tech maintains these traditions throughout hundreds of years, but also the community and collaboration and kindness that people have at Virginia Tech. That is something that is just you can't find it anywhere else. So, Camille, did you ever have this vision that you'd be standing on the Miss Virginia stage, breaking the mold and doing a science experiment? By the way, we mentioned it in the Hokie Haiku, Elephant Toothpaste. Uh, If you go on Google, you can look it up. You can look it up on YouTube. Camille, I don't even know how to describe it, but it. It's like this cool explosion of colorful uh, science stuff. And it was just amazing. So talk to us about the vision that you may or may not have had. I basically just blew a bunch of stuff up on stage is what he's saying. Um, I, when I was a student at Virginia Tech, I never thought that I would compete on stage again. I actually kind of wrote it off as a, I'm done. I'm, I'm retired is what I used to say. I'm not going to compete again. And so I would have never imagined during my time there that I would be standing on the Miss Virginia stage at all. But here's the really funny Virginia Tech story I can tell you about Miss Virginia is I was a little afraid going into Miss Virginia because it's a really, it's a big job. I knew that it was going to change my life. It was going to be a big responsibility and that I had quite a role to fulfill. And so I was like, okay, what are some really cool things that I could do as Miss Virginia? Not in a way to like motivate me to want to win, but just to like remind myself of how cool of an opportunity this is. And I said, if I win Miss Virginia, I want to walk on the field at a Virginia Tech football game as Miss Virginia. And the minute I won... I got in the car, like they literally had like a big SUV waiting for me after I won. And I like got in, I was like, I get to walk on the field at Virginia Tech. And they're like, <laughs> how? And they're like, we don't know anyone there. I'm like, I'll make it happen. It's fine. So I like literally emailed everyone I knew at athletics and like through the university. And I got on the field during homecoming this year. And I got to walk on the field and be introduced as Miss Virginia. And I, when I was at Lane Stadium the last time, I was a student. It was my last spring game. I had to eat my ceremonial turkey leg, and I never thought that the next time I would walk in the stadium would be on the field as Miss Virginia. And now I also need to get there as Miss America. Um, I will also say I visited the Alumni Museum, and there is a, I'm the second Virginia Tech alumni to win Miss America. And there is a small, exhibit for our former Miss America, Kyleen Barker from 1979. And there's a sign in the alumni museum that says Kyleen Barker, the only alumna to ever win the distinction of Miss America. And, um, we have to go change that sign. Just saying. (laughs) Absolutely need to update the sign. That is fantastic. And let let me just say, I know we're uh, wrapping up here. You have been absolutely fantastic, excellent answers. And something that stood out to me is, going through this and when I was going through recruiting, I was constantly talking to different coaches, people that were older than me, and it really prepared me for 
being able to interview for a job and everything else. So I definitely hear you from where you're coming from. It's a great opportunity to learn how to speak with people and, and talk Absolutely. about yourself. So um, definitely a great point there. We're going to move into uh, Rapid Fire here, which is brought to us by Main Street Pharmacy. By the way, yeah. Jeremy, shout you out. So uh, he's in the pharmaceutical. He went to Virginia Tech. So shout out to Jeremy. He's doing a great job through COVID, providing the materials that are uh, in very short supply. So definitely check out Jeremy at Main Street Pharmacy. But basically, we have a couple of questions here. Basically, the first thing that pops in your head, then you get, uh, we'll get the answer. So okay. we'll start out with Sons of Globe Trottery. What is the, your favorite place that you have visited outside of Virginia? Mm, I think Los Angeles, California. It's such a beautiful city, and it's probably a city that I would like to live in if I could deal with the traffic. Okay. <laughs> Our third member is actually from, shout out to Grayson. He lives in Los Angeles. So shout out Los Angeles. And what was your favorite food that you've had in your travels? Um, hmm... You know, this is <laughs> this one hits close to home. Um, it, you know, it's in Virginia. Does that count? Because I really that like counts. Homestead Creamery. And when I okay. went back for homecoming, I got Homestead Creamery at one of the shops in Blacksburg. And that's I just I really like ice cream. Okay, <laughs> love that. Tying it back to Blacksburg, what is your favorite hokey brunch spot, and what do you get? <sighs> okay, real answer. I like. Um, oh, what is that place on the corner called? Oh, hold on. I got to think of it. It's like across from Souvlaki's. What is it called? Come on. Help me here. Gillies. Uh, no. Gillies. 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 And I get buckwheat pancakes. It, I had to remember what that was. <laughs> but unpopular opinion, D2 brunch. Just saying. Ooh. That's not a, there's nothing unpopular about D2 brunch. D2 <laughs> brunch is fantastic. Great picks. Um, who influenced you the most at your time in Virginia Tech, whether it be a professor, whether it be a classmate, um, somebody you met in passing? Hmm. I think that the person that influenced me the most was my, the person I did research under. So I did a senior thesis. Her name is Dr. Shihoko Kojima and she works in the biocomplexity Institute and she just did a really good job and helping encourage me and, and make me like the research that I was doing. So she's definitely someone that I visit when I come back to Blacksburg. So I'm going to say her. And the last uh, last corner we have here is Coffee Corner. Through our research, we saw that you had two cats named Cappuccino and Latte. Um, so a couple coffee-inspired questions. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Dunkin'. Okay. What is your order at Dunkin' Donuts? Black coffee with nothing in it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> And have you heard of the new internet fab whipped coffee? And have you tried I, it? I have heard of it and I have not tried it. I I would like to try it. I think it's just instant coffee, sugar, and water all whipped together on top mm -hmm. of milk. Am I correct? Yep. I'm going to have to try it. See, I drink so much coffee that if I drank coffee with cream and sugar in it, I would get my daily allotment of sugar and fats within just my coffee intake. So I'm going to have to try that. It's like a dessert coffee in the evening because I, you know, I drink coffee all day long, even in the evening. That's fine. Gotcha. I bought all the, uh, I bought all the ingredients. So I'm, I'm trying it out. So I'm going to be a scientist and try it tomorrow. And then I'm going to kick it over to Pat. We're going to the quarantine edition. And I just wanted to get your opinion on this before that. COVID-19, a lot of people aren't taking it seriously, as unfortunate as that is. Do you have a message or some uh, information or insight as to people that may not be taking it as seriously as, quite honestly, we need to? So I got to meet the Surgeon General in February, and it was right before this whole outbreak happened. And I have been listening to him on the TV, constantly saying, stay home, stay home, stay home. <laughs> So my message is listen to the Surgeon General and stay home. So I'm I'm quarantining and my job is inherently travel. So if I can quarantine and do my job from home, anyone can quarantine and do their job from home. So use caution. I mean, like we use those like curbside pickup services so we can like get our food and not starve. So just don't go out because we don't need to. So that's my biggest message. Could not agree more. All right. Quarantine edition. So, Camille, we got like five or six questions. Cool. Quarantine special. What snack have you been crushing over the last couple of weeks? Okay, I really like peanut butter to like a dangerous level. So I have been eating, I eat these like Wasa crackers that are these massive whole grain crackers. So that's like kind of healthy, but I like 
cover them with peanut butter and honey. And I've been eating way too many of those. Like I eat like ridiculous amounts of them. What books have you been getting into or uh, any audio books or books on tape? I have been trying, I have so many books that I've been trying to read throughout my year, but like, of course, don't really have time. been reading Dope Sick, which is actually about the opioid epidemic in Virginia, which I work on. Very cool. How are you staying active? How are you, uh, you know, are you a runner? You like to bike? You like to rollerblade? I liked to rollerblade as a kid. Um, (laughs) I have been doing a poor job of staying active in the last week or so. But before that, I have been doing a lot of home workouts. Um, And that's something that I do all the time. So that's not really a change for me. And I'm glad that I have like a good home workout routine that I very much need to get back to, to balance out all the peanut butter that I've been eating. (laughs) Uh, So Sons of Playlists, are you a Spotify or Apple? Oh, I'm a Spotify girl all the way. Premium. I mean, I live for Spotify. What have you been listening to lately? I have a, I do seasonal playlists that I like drag and drop all my favorite songs from the seasons in. Um, so I, what have I been listening to? Gosh, literally whatever's on my release radar. So if you haven't discovered your release radar on Spotify, it takes all of the music that you like, are currently listening to and then finds new releases of those types of music. So I really just do release radar on shuffle. I'm kind of into like almost like electronic festival music, but also country music. And then also like some rappy music. It's just a huge confusing all over the map all over. It's just a mess, but it's great. Gotta love the variety. And, uh, any, any podcasts? I haven't listened to it during quarantine yet, but my favorite podcast is Crime Junkies. And if you haven't heard of Crime Junkies, you have to listen to Crime Junkies. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. We'll cue it up. As we uh, as we wrap up here, um, I think we're going to get into shout outs. Um, oh, no, I'm wrong. No, we're going to get into letters, the letters from the lunch, from the lunch pail. pail. Letters from the lunch pail brought to you by Sharkies, where good friends go. Please support local business in Blacksburg. Um, they're doing everything they can curbside pickup. They're even delivering beer. I mean, I don't know how it gets any better than that, but they're doing everything they can to help out the Blacksburgians. So help out the Blacksburg local business. The first question comes from J Mateo RX. I'm a VT class of 2007 pharmacist for almost 10 years now. Camille, do you have any special role in terms of being Miss America in the midst of a pandemic and also being a healthcare professional slash advocate? Very proud of how she's representing our university and profession. Go Hokies. Thank you. Um, I don't have an official role, but I will say I think that my personal role is educating and helping to like calm people down, that there's steps that we can take. That's kind of the awesome part about being a scientist is you know, there's a process that you follow. And if you follow the process and you listen to recommendations, then we can all make things happen together. And so staying calm and educating is kind of what I'm helping to do right now. Kevin Finn, a.k.a. my dad, he says, <laughs> Hi, Camille. My daughter Kathleen will be a freshman at VT this fall. What advice would you give her for her first semester? Hmm. I would say explore, explore different clubs, explore whether or not you want to be in Greek life, try to find all of the different places in Virginia Tech that you'd be interested in. You won't be able to do all of them. I think that was one of the things that I got wrapped up into no matter where you go to school, freshman at, you know, University of Michigan or Virginia Tech, but explore, figure out what you like, and then choose the ones that fit your interests and values the most, because those will be where you spend the most of your time. And don't spread yourself too thin because I also like to do that too. So that's my biggest piece of advice. <laughs> Question of the year. Getting advice for from Miss America for someone going to the same school as Miss America. A plus from K Finn. <laughs> Steve Upton, what is your two-pronged question here? What is your best sports-related memory from Virginia Tech? I think this is a this is a, a mildly lame but fun one. So when I was a fifth-year senior, because you know that's how you know things go. I brought one of my friends who had never been to a Virginia Tech football game. You know, we were about to graduate and I'm like, you've never been to a game. And so I brought my best friend who had, it was spring game and we went and we got a giant turkey leg and we sat in stands and were obnoxious and it was so much fun. 
um, especially because she hadn't ever been to a game and I got to like bring her. And even though she was a student, we had the best time. We had like tailgated beforehand and like cooked out and grilled. And it was just one of the most cohesive experiences I had at like a Virginia Tech game day. And I think it was my last one. And so that was, that's a good thing to stick out in my mind. And uh, the Hokies won, of course, because it was Hokies versus Hokies. <laughs> so you couldn't have a bad day there. And then um, going through the Miss America process, this is Steve Upton's uh, question. Uh, when you mentioned being a Hokie or having gone to Virginia Tech, what kind of reaction did you get um, You know, from other competitors or from people that you met along the way? You know, What are we known for and what was the, uh, the impression? that Virginia Tech uh, had in, in the outside world? I will quite literally say everywhere I go is Miss America. If I'm in a parade in California, I was in the Rose Bowl parade on New Year's. I'm in parades. I'm anywhere. And I just hear, go Hokies from random directions. <laughs> so there is, first of all, an association now between Miss America and Virginia Tech. And so when people see me, they scream, go Hokies. And that's the most wonderful thing that people could scream at me. And so that has been crazy. But I will say also, Miss Colorado, her boyfriend was a Virginia Tech alumni, and his whole family was there to support her. And then they became my secondary cheering section because they found out I went to Virginia Tech. And that's really quite literally the spirit of Hokies, but also in the Miss America organization, people think that we're so competitive, but in reality, like we're all just a huge family. So that tells you about like what Hokies are like, Hey, yeah, they were there to support their girl from Colorado, but they also loved that I was a Hokie. So they supported me. And, um, that was just a testament to what the communities really are. That's fantastic. Last question here for you. Um, you mentioned how important it was to stay true to yourself, take that leap, take that chance and just make it happen. Um, who encouraged you to take that leap? And what would you say to someone who is on the fence of taking that leap for themselves? So I had a friend a few years ago who was diagnosed with cancer when she was 27. And in 2018, we lost her. And so she was only 29 when she passed away. And she was someone who definitely encouraged me to be myself because I looked at her as a peer because we were so close in age. And I thought about how, I don't know what the future holds. I could be diagnosed with cancer and lose my life out of no control of my own before I'm 30. And so I look at my life now differently in the sense that every single thing that I do every day, I might not have this opportunity again. So taking risks while you can, you know, I'm really grateful that I have the opportunity to take the risks. I'm healthy. I have the opportunity now, but that opportunity could go away tomorrow. And so that is probably the biggest experience that has shaped my ability to want to take a risk because I know that tomorrow is never promised. That's fantastic. So, Camille, uh, this is the the final question for you. This mm -hmm. is where you have the stage to give any shout outs you want. Uh, you know, whether it be friends from home, friends from school, anyone you met along the way, uh, you have the floor for your shout outs. Oh my gosh, I have so much pressure now. Um, my biggest shout out, I think, right now is first of all, if anyone knows the therapy dog Moose, who is from yes. Virginia Tech Cook Counseling. Moose is battling cancer right now. And so there's a fundraiser going around on GoFundMe that I shared on my pages. They actually met the $12,000 goal already, which is amazing, but still support and send lots of prayers for Moose because he's my doggo friend from Virginia Tech. Um, but also 3.2 for 32 is a race that we have annually and that got canceled. That was something I got to do when I was a, a Hokie. And so make sure that you are able to tune into that virtually. They're doing a virtual 3.2 for 32. What day is that? April 18th. Did we figure out? I think, yeah, April 18th. We'll, we'll tweet about it too, but I'm pretty sure April 18th, uh, get your 3.2 in on April 18th. Cause yeah. it's, that's big time. Shout out VT Rec Sports. I'll be definitely doing that because that's a great way for me to stay active here during quarantine. <laughs> um, Shout out to the Hokie Bird. I get so excited when I see the Hokie Bird. I'm still like a ridiculous person. Like I think I took like 75 pictures with the Hokie Bird at, at homecoming. Um, but really, shout honestly, more than anything, shout out to the class of 2020 who had their graduation postponed. Yes. Because I really feel for you guys. I put a message mm -hmm. about this on my Instagram. But don't let that get you down because I know how disappointing that probably is for everyone. But to stay positive because Virginia Tech has given us so much throughout the time and 
this is, I think, a way of living out prosum because we're really serving everyone else by foregoing that ceremony for the best of, you know, the health of our community. Um, but I, I am definitely praying for you all because I, I know how disappointing that must be. Camille, that was absolutely fantastic. And we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your Sunday afternoon and representing Virginia Tech uh, as well as you uh, as well as you have. So thank you so much for your uh, for your time this afternoon. Of course. Thank you. And go Hokies. <laughs> right.